Welcome to Wake the Bear Radio with your host, Brandon Johnson, Chris Hurst, and Ron Powers. Okay. All right. Hey, here we are. Wake the Bear. Once again with Wake the Bear Radio. Yes. Excited to be on here with my co-host, Chris Hurst and Ron Powers. All we right. are uh, it's a little bit different format for us today. We've been, um, we're not, we didn't get kicked off, but we actually are not on the the normal radio station that we've been on with KSEO for a year and a half, and so we're going to be doing some some variety of various podcasting options, and uh, that's going to be going on. And you know, you always can watch our shows, you know, during the day, um, any other time. If you go to our website at wakethebear.com, wakethebearradio.com. So wakethebearradio.com has all our last sixty-eight shows. Today's show number, I think, sixty-nine. Is that right? Yep, yep, 69. So we are getting up there. Uh, we do one a week, and this is uh, this is going to be a good week. It was uh, quite a week, actually. Uh, you know, the storm. We always talk about the storm is coming, and uh, but we have had the storm in a natural sense with the the weather, and that has come. And we have roads closed everywhere. I have a sinkhole that's just a couple doors down from my house that made national news. Wow. And then if you go another maybe quarter mile down the road, the road's completely washed out. It just, I mean, just went out. The the mountain, there was a spring there and it's always been wet in the summer, but in the winter, it just flooded so much. It just blew it out into the creek. So uh, two of three roads for my house are closed. And the one road that's still open is halfway covered with a mudslide. So yeah, that's... The storm, it's it's here in more ways. How about, how about you, Chris? How's your uh, how's your access to your house? You doing all right over there? I'm doing fine. I'm not in a flood zone, but on Friday I took a walk at Seacliff Beach, and that's where the cement um, boat is, and the pier that attaches that boat. That's an old time Aptos Santa Cruz symbol. Uh, that a lot of uh, people who know California coast would recognize. And the pier that attaches to the boat was separated and washed away. That There was a seawall that had been exposed that was a good 15, 20 feet, had been buried in the sand and was now, um, it was exposed. And then they have a camping, uh, the camper campgrounds there at the state park, all the parking lot was covered with sand and there was, were um, parts of the walkway that had been under uh, undercut and you could no longer walk there. So there's a lot of storm damage. I know in Capitola, some of our favorite jaunts have been um, the sea seawater came in and flooded like Margaritaville and some wow. of those uh, copy houses and um, favorite favorite stomping grounds and some of those little rental places near Capitola uh, Pier and the the pier itself had some damage. Yeah, Lost yeah my, I have a friend who actually kind of did a video of himself surfing all the way into the river mouth underneath the bridge at Capitola. Wow, uh, so that's pretty that. cool. Yeah. Um, we're good up here. Um, we've been, we've got it. I think we got like five inches of rain in like twenty four hour period. That's crazy. Um, our, you know, we're, we did lose a, a, a road as well. The main entrance to the neighborhood I live in is yeah. washed out. So we have, we have another entrance exit out the back. So we're okay, but man, it's, we're getting down. We're losing, we're losing interest in, entrances and exits, um, like no tomorrow. But so it does, it definitely feels like though, there's something spiritual going on. I mean, I, 
I felt this, you know, obviously it's the same time of the year as last, you know, two years ago when the resident and chief was sworn into the office. I remember there was a massive storm that happened during that time. And, you know, just, you know, I just kind of put the two together. I feel like, you know, there's, we're in a stormy season, politically, a stormy season in the spirit and spiritually. And it's just kind of this storms are kind of an illustration of kind of, I think where we're at. So, but the good news is the, um, the drought is over. But we all knew that it would be over because that's how California works, right? Every seven years, there's a drought, and then we, and then we get a big storm, and it's over. So, yeah, yeah. I just want to um, Hank Kuhneman, who is a prophetic voice in this this nation, he'd actually given a prophetic word um, last a few months ago, and he said, uh, he said, "I hear the sound of an abundance of rain." Do you hear the sound? It's of swift change, sudden change, and it's beginning to manifest. There shall be change in your elements, rain, rain, and more rain, rising of waters and floods, and it'll reach fields and roadways, records that will not be measured in inches, but in feet of wow. snow. And so he said that that indicated some very swift changes and then he tied it into even the Supreme Court changes and some rattling and rolling in the Justice Department and reversals of rulings and sudden changes and some sanity back where there had been insanity. So he likened this, this atmospheric river, like you had said, like a spiritual shift. Well, yeah, I think we're seeing that. I mean, there's a lot of really great winds going on right now. And I just as we were even talking, there was a report that just came through that said that McCarthy's taking... Ilhar, uh, Ilhar off of the uh, one of the committees that she was on, and also um, Schiff is being taken off one of the committees he was on. So there's some good things happening that we got to talk about. There's a lot of a lot of wins, a few losses, but yeah. uh, it, for the most part, some really good wins that we've been going through. So um, the new Congress has begun, the 118th Congress, right? So That's right. let's talk about let's talk about that win. I mean, that was a, what a turbulent time that was, don't you think? Oh, it was, you know, I just want to go back to what you said about who got off some of the committees because Eric Swalwell was one of them. And these three people that you are mentioning, they were on the Intelligence and Foreign Affairs Committee, and um, they couldn't get a security clearance because of some of their background. So uh, it's, these committee shifts are good. Uh, and Adam Shift is one of those that's going off of them. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, okay. So let's just kind of go back to that night. I mean, now you were watching it live, Chris, I was watching it bits and pieces of it live. Um, it was a turbulent time. And, and it's interesting because Matt gets actually uses the, the, the ter term turbulence. He said that it was like, you know, a lot of uh, planes when they take off, they hit turbulence and it's actually kind of better for us to have the turbulence in the beginning than in the end. Um, he was, you know, saying back when we had uh, the other speaker of the house, um, can't remember his name right now, but um, he, there's a lot of turbulence when votes were being made and it was better to deal with the turbulence up front. And I, I'm a firm believer in that. I mean, that Freedom Caucus, the 21 people that held the line all the way to the end and got some rules established, some, some order and some constitutional principles put back into the house. I mean, that was huge for us. I believe that's huge for America, that there was like a list of like 10 things that they were saying, listen, we're not going to vote McCarthy in unless he agrees up front 
to do these things, you know, to, 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 to enact the things that the people have asked for, and they've put us in positions of power to do for them. If we don't set it up right, we'll end up getting manipulated by the Democrats. We'll be going to get, you know, control that the rhinos will shift back into rhino thinking, and then they'll just go along to get along. And that's not what the American people have put us here for. And it was interesting because like, you know, there was even people like Sean Hannity that was attacking some of the people and saying, just get this thing done. And like, no, no, we don't need to just get this thing done. I felt like Sean Hannity was kind of submitting to the shame that the left wing was using. Oh, you guys can't seem to figure out who you're going to be your, who's going to be your speaker. You guys can't seem to get anything done. I'm like, no, that's actually how this is all done is that you make sure that you, you up front, you get a system in order where everybody can work together. And I, you know, I just, I was, I was kind of bummed with hearing seeing people on Fox and Sean Hannity attack the freedom group for upholding the things that they've been talking about, making sure get done the entire last two and a half, three years, you know? Yeah. I saw that interview with Hannity and uh, Matt Gates, and he, he was downright rude. Hannity yeah. downright rude. And although he wears the Punisher pin, which is kind of a symbolism of we want to say some, see some shift. I'm not quite sure where he actually stands. I have been, uh, I've really pulled back from my support of Hannity. I know he has some good things, but when he comes in strong, um, he he cut off Gates. He interrupted him. He was angry with him. It's as though he he thought he had a voice in the in the chamber itself. And so um, that the concessions, what what Matt Gates was doing, and what Bobert were doing, and that whole coalition, that Freedom Coalition. They were fighting for some things that needed to take place. And some of the concessions, like the first one was to allow a single member to issue a motion to vacate the speaker position and force a vote of, of no confidence. Well, the truth is there are 47 states that that their house, their state house has that rule. So this isn't some strange thing that they came up with. What it does is it allows every member of Congress, not just those with some seniority, those with clout or those who have position or have finance behind them, everyone gets to have a vote. Yeah, that was a good, definitely a good bill that went through there. Um, You know, accountability. Yeah, you could lose your position at any time if you go against your word. So I, I thought that was a really good one. And it's good for all parties. Yeah. So a lot of sanity being returned. Yeah. What about what are they, Chris and Ron? I mean, let's go down the few of them. They're really these are really all good things. I don't think anybody who's a constitutionalist, who's a conservative, would be against any of these things. I mean, they're all really good things and they wanted to make sure that he agreed to them and then he followed through with his word, right? So that was the whole point. The first one is the most important. If you don't follow through with your word, we're going to take you out of that position. And and they set that up, you know? Yeah, and that was even described as the gavel will no longer be an imperialistic gavel where one person gets to state what goes through, what doesn't go through. So it really is more of that shared governance. And then there is another piece, a second piece that's already actually been implemented was that more conservative lawmakers would get uh, the subcommittee assignments in inside the House. And um, that's important because that's always been kind of an old boy network or a pay for play 
or who has the most uh, lobbyists or who has the money behind them. And so this gives some of the the newer members of Congress some voice. And it it I think it fans it out more to a regional place. And it's getting people who have been rooted in these these committee chairs out. And yeah. so I'm excited. They already have put some new people in the, the chairmanship. And I think um Jim Jordan is uh yeah. he's gonna be chairing the the um not rules the judiciary. Committee, so I am very excited about that. Yeah, Jim is good. He, uh, I mean, he's very articulate. He definitely knows his stuff. He's done his research, and uh, I think he's going to be a fast-moving, um, just highly productive. Now that puts Jim in a position to basically spearhead the prosecutions and the investigations. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Um, one of the things he's focused on is the weaponization of government. That's what he is uh, yes. going to be the chair select committee for. Yeah, so Great. they get to bring up those things that need to be investigated. Uh, one of them, I think they're starting out right away, is um, these the rumor that uh, the FBI was colluding with Twitter and the White House was colluding with Twitter uh, by who who to uh, censor, and that was also Adam Schiff that uh, they found his name in the Twitter files too. That that he was part of those. So so part of what is coming out in the Twitter files, I think, will be uh, some of these investigations, and then the FBI um, and DOJ being weaponized against people, against um, our nation, and some of the powers in the three letter a- agencies and the black operations of the CIA, where is that money going? So lots of investigations on the judicial uh, committee. So the church, yeah, the, the church committee, they're going to do something similar to when they did the church committee back in the, I think it was the seventies when they were asking questions about how the CIA was misusing their influence. Um, uh, and so I think that there's a lot of things that people care about. I mean, un- unlawful surveillance, silencing censorship and silencing of voices, you know, weaponizing the three-letter agencies against the common American people. They're, they're supposed to be protecting our rights, and yet instead they're using, uh, they're circumventing the Constitution by utilizing private organizations to to enact their will. Uh, um, and that, you know, the government is not allowed to be doing that. So these are things that I think, you know, Jim Jordan, seeing Jim Jordan do this, um, guys like him, we need to sick the, 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 the you know, the guard dogs, on our freedoms, on on to the people who have disrespected our freedoms, and 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 if you look at what's been going on, basically, you know, th- this is ba- th- this whole attack on the MAGA movement is just a basically attack on the Tea Party 2.0. I mean, they they weaponized, um, you know, back in the during Obama's administration, they weaponized the IRS against anybody that had the word patriot in their name, anybody that was, you know, con- you know, constitutionalist, you know. And so that that was proven true. Well, of course, it happened again. Why? Because nobody was held accountable last time. And if you don't hold people accountable, then it's just going to happen again and again and again and again. And I think now we're setting it up so that there's going to be accountability, like President Trump said in his speech. I'm putting the power. This is the motion beginning when the peep the power goes from the these people behind me, these jokers that have been robbing you blind for years and you know enriching themselves in their own pocketbooks. The power is going from them back into your hands. And I think we saw that with this this change of, um, 
you know, control and the, the freedom group really holding the feet to the fire and saying, listen, we're not going to let you, we're not going to let you turn back into a rhino. And I, and I think this is very important. This is one of the major points I want to make. You know, when I, when I was first married, you know, my wife and I have been married 22 years now. When we were first married, we had a rule. We would not spend more than $25 without talking to each other because we had a very tight budget. And then as we grew, we, our jobs grew, we got, you know, we could, we, we raised it to 50 bucks. Now it's kind of like a hundred bucks, you know, still like, we're not going to spend more than a hundred dollars without talking to my wife. So I would basically get people who wanted me to buy something. And I go, listen, I'm actually not authorized to make that purchase right now. And it protected me from actually getting manipulated by people who wanted me to buy stuff. You know, I can literally go look at new cars and not get manipulated into buying one because I don't have my wife with me, right? I'm sorry, my wife's not here. So what I see it like this is like, it was a gift to McCarthy and to the entire American people to basically say, listen, McCarthy, we're going to make it so, so that these other caucuses and these other groups can't manipulate you to turn you back into a rhino, which is what would happen. We're actually making it so when they come to you with agreements and try to get you to do you agree to certain things? You say, sorry, I don't have the authority to make that decision. I've already, I, my, my caucus and my freedom caucus have set up rules. I'll get booted out. I'm gone. So you can't manipulate me. And it was basically a gift. And that's how people need to see this. This was a gift that the freedom caucus gave to the Republican party to strengthen it back towards its conservative values and to strengthen it for the American people. So that they get done what we've been telling them. We want them to get you know, them to get done. Yeah, these these yeah. committees are so important. They were, um, I think, this judicial committee was is e even more strategic than the uh, Speaker of the House position because Jim Jordan he didn't want Speaker of the House because it wouldn't allow him to pursue the um, investigations that he wants to pursue. So right. it feels like people kind of know they everybody's stepping into their place. They're beginning to, to feel out uh, the Congress. And we're in, you know, once we got that, that uh, speaker seated Saturday early after, it was sometime after midnight, um, we have started business already. And uh, some of the, the most important committees, the, the steering committee has 30 lawmakers and they are, that's more of a regional representation and leadership committee. Those are the ones that decide the committee assignments and they determine uh, really who are going to chair the panels. So we've got that seated. We've got the armed service committee seated. And you know who was uh, supposed to chair that is Mike Rogers. He's the one who lunged at Matt Gates on uh, Friday night. Uh, I'm not quite sure if he's going to actually chair the Armed Service Committee. Uh, he did lose his temper and they seem to have uh, remedied that. And I actually do think we were manipulated a little bit with that because it looked like what was shown on, on video was really blowing up a situation that wasn't that big when when he was restrained. I'm not. I don't think he was going to get violent, but oh, he wasn't. I, he. I mean, just because he stepped forward. I mean, he was three, four body lengths away from Matt Gates. He was just going to come in and say something. Maybe he was going to regret. And so that guy's like putting this. Don't say something you're going to regret against him. And they. It wasn't like he was physically restraining him or stopping from punching them that would they, that's just you know that's just the media making that up yeah yeah definitely i thought that was blown out by the media i mean you look at it and it looked like a total wrestling match but then when you saw the video 
I didn't I didn't see that at all myself. Yeah, we're not. This is not the House of Commons where they start throwing blows. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in, in Asia, man, some of those guys they start getting total fist fights. I've seen some of those uh, videos as well. In, in in the Middle East, they start throwing shoes at each other. Yeah, yeah, Ooh. the shoe, the shoe thing. Uh, do you remember when? Uh, what was it? Uh, George W. Bush, I think it was. Uh, someone yeah. took his shoe off and threw it right out. Threw a shoe at him. He's like. Yeah, I remember that. And it was, but it, it was it, he, I think he said, Oh, you missed me. Kind of like the pulled out the old Reagan line and when the, the gunshot went off. Yeah. Missed yeah. me. <laughs> well, we used to have the the uh the, where they'd have the duels, didn't we? I mean, that was our early history. So we've come a long way, baby. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we're we're not we're not going, you know, pistol pistol match, 10, 10 steps, turn and fire. So that's good. You know, I, I just wanted to say, you know, there's a lot of people in the past that have been saying nothing's happening, nothing's happening, and, and you know, blackpilling everybody like it's just not going to happen. But you know, a lot is happening. Yeah. I mean, a lot, and a lot of yeah. stuff that you and I don't see behind the scenes. And and you know, just this last week, this was a total victory for President Trump. I, I believe it was in in so many ways. I mean, you have Kevin McCarthy even admitting that, hey, it was uh, Donald Trump that helped, you know, allow him to be in the speakership. I mean, it, it basically, you know, the call was made to, to Matt Gates, and, and so he acknowledges that Trump played a, a part there. But also the MAGA Republicans, they held their ground, like we'd said earlier, they held their ground and they literally forced these things to happen. Just a handful had enough power mm -hmm. to actually change the whole projection. And then the insight that you said, Brandon, about that the pressure's off Kevin McCarthy to do the right thing now, because Kevin McCarthy can simply say, like you said, I could lose my position. And no one's gonna say, hey, you need to just keep pushing this, even if it costs your position. They're probably gonna understand, hey, he's not gonna do that. He's not gonna risk his position. This guy wants that position so bad. He's done all these wheeling and dealing just to get in there. There's no way he's gonna do that. He's not gonna risk it. And so the fact that they had that kind of legislation that went through saying you could lose it at any time if you get out of line. And so now I think it's it's an awesome opportunity for things to get cleaned up. It, it's and, probably the strongest Congress that the that the Republican Party has had in 50 years. That's what I've heard. That's the yeah. and I, I could see it now. So there's a lot happening. And we are just getting at that point now where there are so many investigations and who are being investigated? Is it the Republicans or the conservatives or is it now Democrats and rhinos and, and those sorts? And so I, I'm thinking the shift has happened. We are definitely in a new game. And yeah, this is the house, but that's a lot right now. This is a win. This is a win for sure. So I mean, Bobert, um, Bobert said, uh, and Lauren Bobert, who was sitting next to Matt Gates during the the uh, ballots uh, this past week, she said she was on the Ingram Report with Matt Gates, and she said this last week which is where they were trying to figure out who is going to be Speaker of the House. She said it was the most productive week that she had seen since she has been in Congress. So that wow. just tells you that what was going on as far as the concessions, they are powerful, powerful concessions. It wasn't just a stubborn holdout for a speaker position. It was a negotiation of a new, brand new way of doing Congress. 
That's really good. You know, there's a win that came out of it as well. Um, I just saw the report today that the House GOP is going to investigate the traitor, General Milley. Um, Representative Gosar said that, yeah, that, that, you know, that Trump had called him a traitor because he had actually called up China and said, don't worry, we won't attack you. I'll let you know if we're going to attack you or not, which he circumvented his, he acted out of line because the president of the United States is the commander in chief, not him. And he acted like the commander in chief and having, you know, um, clandestine communications or communications at all with China that would uh, circumvent, you know, the, the, the authority, uh, pat, you know, pulling the authority out of Trump's hands. I mean, if you take, uh, if you take the, um, the possibility of some sort of military action out of the hands of the chief, you know, executive, the chief, you know, executive officer, you, you, you basically are disempowering your own country against a, a foreign adversary. That's, that's, that's traitorous. Yeah, that's, that's being a traitor. So that I, you know, I, I don't know much about Millie. I don't, I, the stuff I do know, I don't like, um, you know, I don't know how much of it's true, but you know, it just, that one thing alone shows that he has a very high opinion of himself and he's acting outside of his authority. So that's a huge win as well. And of course, guess who's probably going to be, you know, addressing that, you know, you've got green and then Jim Jordan probably addressing that act of rogue authority, you know, well, the other thing too is it's uh, there's claims that uh, General Milley withheld the nuclear codes from the president. I mean, he can't even do his job. It what you know in a split second, if you had to act on that and send uh, nuclear weapons into you know into space, he couldn't even have done it, and that puts the whole country at risk. I mean, one man to take that uh, that position that is just you know. I mean, it, it sucks, but mutual assured destruction is what keeps the world from getting destroyed, right? So if one side's too weak, you, that you actually owe the balance of power. If you shift that balance of power, the other side could think now's the time to attack. And there's a lot of things that I am really concerned about. I mean, I just found out today that um, in the omnibus spending bill, 1.7 omnibus spending bill, they added um, a, a a car kill switch so biden wrote into the administration the democrats wrote into the 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 1.7 trillion dollar spending bill this big fat thing that they would make it make it required that all vehicles produce new vehicles must have a kill switch like it can be activated and in open source technology which means they could be hackable so you know they're like they called it a drunk driving kill switch so if someone's drunk driving you get you know I don't know how you even do that, right? Yeah, but they're gonna. But an outside force could stop your car from running because they just decided they want to. It's just it's just insanity. The totalitarian control that a government would use. I mean, just that that the Democrats put that in is just insanity to me. Yeah, the fine print. There are probably a lot of painful um, changes that we are just beginning to hear because there were so many pages. And yeah. that was one of the changes, the 72-hour rule. Uh, that, Talk about that. Yes. I mean, basically, um, prior to this new Congress, uh, that we, if a bill was, a packet was introduced, it could hit the floor immediately. And the truth is that if it's 700, 800 pages, that those voting on the bill wouldn't have had time to read it. Yeah. And they aren't line items. They're not single items. They are blending things. They are hiding things in fine print. They're using confusing language. 
So now there's a 72 hour rule that when the legislative packets hit the the, uh, congressional floor, they uh, need that time. They give that time so that they can be looked over by staffers and and by the congressional people who are going to be voting on them so they can understand what is actually in this bill. Yeah, I think that's huge. Go ahead, Ron. No, I was just going to say it's so important. Especially yeah, I mean, can, can, yeah. can you, I mean, yeah, like, it, and that was one of the big deals, like 72 hours, you need that time to debate. They had actually circumvented the debate process and they weren't even actually bringing bills to the floor to be debated before they actually signed them. That was like, talk about complete insanity. You know, you had all this control that the Democrats had and they just be, run a bill right straight through and then sign it. And no, no questions asked. And now you've got to separate out the stuff so you can actually sign the budget bill separate from your pet project over here. That is huge. I mean, they eliminated the line item veto that the president used to have. Right. So that kind of helped with some of that. But now by adding this, you know, a longer period of time, having debate go on in the House floor again and making sure that you get time you know, to, to read the bill, that you can you know, separate out things and not just take the whole bite off the whole thing. That's going to keep a lot of bad stuff going through just you know, on it. You know, it's going to stop that from happening. You know? And the whole process of last week, I think, was an indication that there's going to be a, a healthier process down the road. Uh, this wrestling is not necessarily... Um, conflict. It's more like Matt Gates described it like a prenuptial agreement. You want to get this wrestling out ahead of time so that uh, when you go in to talk about the issues, you don't have to figure out what are the rules. And so um, I think that Congress, they shouldn't be afraid. You shouldn't introduce a bill and then have everybody just go along with it. There should be some negotiation and some give and some take. I mean, that's the diversity of the Americans. Yeah, absolutely. So finishing up with Millie, I think the the other thing I want to investigate is the horrible, horrible pullout of Afghanistan. Right. Part of. And so um, I'm looking forward to accountability. Things have changed. We definitely have turned a corner. And the things that really frustrated so many patriots, like how can this happen? How come this isn't being investigated is now starting. And so uh, we're excited. That was a great win. Uh, one that wasn't such a great win uh, was the Brunson case. I, I know yeah. I was I was hoping for more. Most people were saying no, nothing's going to come out of this. The Brunson case, if if you don't remember, was that there were four brothers that were in Utah and they decided to do a, a, a lawsuit against Congress. Uh, basically, uh, Congress did not take the ten days required. Um, in the 2020 election to investigate the election fraud that was clearly uh, shown at least enough to to have a case, uh, you know, and they they just bypassed it. And and so I think there are 388 members uh, total that that just said, hey, just go forward, you know. Uh, and so they said that Joe Biden is the president. And so they they took him to court and you know, they had battles, wins and losses all the way up, and they just kept persistent. And they got it all the way up to the Supreme Court to consider it as a case to be looked into. And unfortunately, it did get denied uh, this last week, but yeah. it did get it up to the Supreme Court, which is good because it gets people talking at least. 
um, you know, and people realize what's this crazy thing about how you could get rid of that? Well, let me tell you, it was because they violated Congress literally violated something that was in print that they should have taken the 10 days to investigate because there was a formal complaint. I think there were a hundred congressional uh, affidavits. Yeah. Well, the seats, I think there were the Congress, there was a hundred people in Congress that, yeah. that wanted it investigated. Right. So it wasn't like just some loud complaining protest group. This was Congress themselves, a part of them saying, we need to investigate this. And so there should have been some legitimacy, just the fact that part of itself, Congress uh, thought that there was some uh, merit to these, uh, these claims of, of fraud. And now we're yeah. seeing you know, two years later, how much there was, you know. Yeah, so, Ron, are you surprised that um, it it didn't get um, a place on the docket for the SCOTUS? Or I think um, there's four thousand plus uh, cases, if I remember right, and, and so they were just going to pick and choose. So it's like, okay, do I choose these cases that that have some impact, or do I turn the whole country upside down by getting rid of most of Congress? They probably said, us oh, above our pay grade. We really don't want to. I was disappointed. I, in some ways, I feel like they were total cowards because mm-hmm. if 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 Congress is rotten to the core that bad, it needs to be cleaned out. And if I think if people had deeper principle. And I think that principle would have to come from a late relationship with God, mm-hmm. not just amongst the peers, because you don't want to rock the boat too much. But if you have something higher than your peers, like you're answering to God and you knew that morally God would want you to clean things mm-hmm. out, I think they would have done that. But I, I just don't think that the depth and they didn't have the numbers probably to to do that. So they just said, yeah. next, yeah, and they went on to the next. Well, I don't case. think you get a higher pay grade than the SCOTUS. You oh, well. know? Uh, but how about you, Brandon? Were you surprised? Um, you know, I was. I was surprised because I felt like there was so much work that had gone into it already. Um, you know, there was um, a couple sentences that why they said they didn't take the case, and it had something to do with they thought that he, they failed to show exactly how they miss. Um, represented their duty. There's like a, that the case didn't explicitly say well enough how mm. they, you know, did not uphold their duty. It's kind of, it was slightly vague and it was just vague enough for, that, for them to say, yeah, we're not going to take it. You know, one of the things that I thought was interesting is that I read this, not my words, but someone else said, you know, Wayne Gretzky said, you, you're going to miss a hundred percent of the shots you never take. And uh, so I think that it, it was a win, even though it was a loss, because it showed that the American people are being empowered to uh, to hold their government accountable, to to use their rights to redress their grievances, and 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 I, you know, who knows? Maybe they'll take it back, That's rewrite true. the parts that they said weren't clear enough, and then resubmit it. And they have four brothers. I think they have one brother left that they could start off with another. You know, have another. It could be another whole case. So. I, I think it's, you know, I was surprised. I was, I, I was a little bit discouraged, but I also kind of thought, you know, it's probably going to, they're probably going to find a reason not to take it because it's just so controversial. And, you know, the mainstream media wasn't even talk, touching it. They weren't even mentioning it at all. Yeah. You know? One uh, was that Mike Huckabee. Mike Huckabee did yeah. uh, mention it. He said, hey, there's actually some teeth to this. This could be really something. And so a lot of people got excited about that. But, you know, one of the things, if you think about it back when uh, Kavanaugh 
was his house was threatened. People are protesting and, and they were really in danger. They didn't really get the protection they needed. So could you imagine if you go against the Bidens or the Clintons or any of these big names, you know, the whole black book of death with uh, Hillary Clinton, all the people that died over the years, you know, sudden heart attacks and crashes and stuff. I could see where you would think, is this worth the the life of my family? Because they didn't even protect mm-hmm. Brett Kavanaugh when, you know, he was being protested against. I mean, the people were at his yeah. front doorstep and, you know, quite dangerous. Uh, and, and that could be unnerving. So when I say above your pay grade, it, yeah. I'm kind of saying it's it's not worth it to them is probably what they're thinking. You'd have to have a deeper conviction. Like I will Mm -hmm. give my life for what is right versus uh, I just want to live, you know? And so, yeah. Yeah, It's a sad day in America where the chief justice might possibly have been intimidated by political parties that do not stop riots and do not and tell their um, armed henchmen to stand down or to pick up your pistol and shoot an unarmed woman coming through a window you know, it's, it's, it's a sad day in America where that's the type of thing that's going on right now. I mean, even like the whole situation right now with Bolsonaro, you know, they've got these millions and millions of people protesting in Brazil because the conservative guy obviously clearly won. And uh, they they have jacked up the, the you know, the, the votes there with the liberal, major- the liberal minority controlling the voting systems again. And then they're t- turning around and already saying that, oh, these are protests like in the January 6th style. Mm-hmm. So what's happening right now and what we're seeing that I'm very concerned about, and I think a lot of us are, is that the, 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 our government is, is using intimidation and they're, they're handing off their intimidation to other people, but they're using intimidation to get people to be silent. And that's really against what, you know, that's why we're doing white the bear is there's, there's a variety of ways to shame people into silence. Oh, you're, you guys, you're taking forever to decide your speaker. Oh, look at you. You can't even, you can't even govern. How are you going to get anything done? And I think people are succumbing like Hannity and others succumbing to that kind of shaming, silencing voices. And, oh no, you know, maybe they're, you, maybe your family will lose their lives. You know what? This nation was, is founded and protected and sustained by people that are willing to lose their lives for the sake of truth. And we have to return to being bold as lions again and no longer being a bunch of wimps that are worried about what it, what cost it might be to maintain our freedoms. And that's I, what I think is happening is that the people of this land in California and in, in the United States and the Brunson case is an example that the people are saying, I'm willing to lose time, talent, resources, money, even my very life to defend the freedoms that this constitution provides for us. And we need to do that. And I think that's what we're seeing. And that's why I see even, even the loss is a win. Yeah, that's good. Would I, I'm just curious if Brandon, you and, and Ron would just weigh in because a lot of people were looking at this case with great hope. I mean, there were what, 50,000 at least letters that were written to the SCOTUS. And we have, you know, hope deferred is a very real thing. And we have, we've heard the term red pill from the matrix and blue pill. Well, there's this thing called the black pill, which when you have too much hopium, uh, it it creates this, I I don't even want to try anymore. So would you address how we can kind of rally back from something like this, where we had our kind of our eggs in one basket, we were going for it. And then suddenly it, it, uh, it didn't go through. 
Well, I, I think what we need to do is we need to focus in on the, the, the wins. You know, I think if your focus is always on the losses, it can be overwhelming at times, but there are wins. We are making progress. For me, I like to listen on the political scale. I like to listen to like X-22. It seems like there's always a silver lining and just hearing it over and over. I, I want to say it's almost like I'm programming for positivity yep. in, in this issue, because if there's anything good, uh, you know, X-22 report, they find it and they put it out there. And and really you go and, and then they start to use a little bit of logic. Like, you know, people say there's nothing happening, but look at this, this and this. They go down yes. the and say, what was this a year ago? None of this was even covered. And now it's it's building. It's not just a new news story. It's positioning and stuff. I mean, look at we are at a point now where we're investigating That's and who is on the defense now and who is on the offense where before it was conservatives always on the defense because you had a Democratic House, Democratic Senate, Democratic uh, executive branch. Um, you know, you had all three and there's a lot of power there and they didn't really accomplish very much at all. And it, it, it makes you wonder if they really even have the power. You know, I mean, there were there, there's a lot of people believe we're in devolution. So I start to see those things. And now that the House of uh, Representatives is in a conservative point and they want to do these investigations it's like wow finally so yes for me focusing in on the good and then on a spiritual level just being involved in scripture reading bible study because you know what we see these same parallels with israel uh israel of old israel of old they went through they had their land taken away they were taken captive they they went to wars they had corruption in their courts, corruption in their politicians, and it's always addressed. A prophet would say, look, you know, unbalanced scales and and look, these people take bribes. And, and so there's nothing new. And so you could start to see the patterns and then you could start to see the patterns happening now and how God reacted. And then you begin to start to see maybe this is how God is doing. It. He's pretty consistent because he did it then a bunch of times over the hundreds of years. And we're starting to see it now happen again. And that gives me a confidence. That's so good. Yeah, I, 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 my answer to that is you mentioned the passage, Chris, you mentioned that passage about hope deferred makes the heart sick. And yes, that is true. But I also know that when you work out, you tear down the muscle to make it stronger. And we have had a conservative movement that has atrophied its muscles for the last 50 years. And now you, you actually have to work out. You actually have to push that weight around and it tear down your muscles a little bit for you to build the muscle mass up. And I think that the, the more biblical focus is that in this section is do not grow weary in doing well because in the due season, you will reap a harvest if you don't give up, the Bible says. And then another place it says in Galatians, I think it says, you know, whatever is good, whatever is lovely, whatever is excellent, whatever is pure, if there's anything worthy of praise, think on such things. So it's not just the positive thinking and, and staying positive. It's not just all about hopium and not a bad idea or a good idea. It's, it's literally a command of God in the Bible that we are to keep our hearts focused on whatever is good, excellent, lovely, pure, true, right? So yes, there are battles that we're fighting and yes, they can be discouraging and yes, we've lost some, but the fact that we're fighting means we win. And then of course you said, you know, you know, X-22 report, I really like also, and we know, and his whole focus is that scripture, eight, Romans 8, 28, and we know that God works all things for the good of them 
that love him and are called according to his purposes. So even the bad can be turned for good if we are for the purposes of God, for the purposes of hope, liberty, righteousness, freedom. You know, Jesus is the author of those things. Free, Jesus is the author of freedom. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the one who gives us freedom and liberty. So if we're about God's business, even the losses are a win. Yeah, that's so good. And the other thing is Brunson's, the Brunson brothers, they were doing the piece that was laid on their heart. So they were running with that thing 100%. And they were asking for some some help with the letters. And even I think they they said, if you just send us a dollar with uh, and let us know what, what letter you wrote to the SCOTUS. Uh, so they, they were asking for help. But, but each of us, we cannot uh, watch somebody else do what we need to be doing. Yeah. And so I think they did what they were supposed to do. And each of us, we need to examine our hearts and, and ask, okay, what is the piece that I need to play to be in uh, this this kind of patriotic coalition to see some shift in waking up in our nation. And um, I, I just, I, I don't know if you saw, I'm going to just shift gears a little because one of the it. people who did that, who is in his lane, even though he's in jail, remember um, Jake Lang, who is yes. six. Well, you know, we've gone la- this past week was two year anniversary of J six. And so he's been in jail for almost two years, and he has just written a book called Patriot Prisoner. And I just want to give him a plug because um, all the proceeds from it are going to be going to the J6 political prisoners. And uh, it can be, uh, we'll make sure it's in the show notes how to get up to, to get pre-sale on that. But basically um, he's a freedom fighter. He's in jail. He wrote this book and he's still, he goes, okay, I can't do anything out there, but I can do something in here. And so he's getting the word out in the lane that he was given. Uh, he's doing the things that he can do. You know, it's, it's true. When we went through all this hard times and he is taking the brunt end of things, mm-hmm. This this is what creates uh, a conviction. I mean, let's just go back and say Donald Trump won 2020 without any issues, no, you know, no fraudulent votes and all that stuff. And and he he was put in. We'd be all like, oh, Donald Trump will take care of it. Donald Trump will take care of it. You know, Mm -hmm. and when that got taken away from us, that's when people really started to say, hey, we need to go to the school boards. We need to start taking it on ourselves. We need to start electing people at the local level. None of that would have happened if we had, oh, just Donald Trump will take care of us. You know, just uh, just watch the show, feel good and have him do it all. And it's like that. What would happen is, is once Donald Trump gets old and dies, everything else goes back to normal or someone else gets voted in because there was no change within the country. But now when we see the fraud mm-hmm. and it's getting so obvious, we're seeing the sickness in this country. I mean, it, over and over and it's showing and pe- protesters, you know, there's a lot of people that say, hey, these protesters didn't do anything wrong. And look, they're in prison still. They haven't even had their court day in court. Mm-hmm. And it shows just how corrupt things are. We would have never seen any of that had had everything just smooth sailed, gone through. And so what it's really doing is it's waking up a lot of people. And I believe that more and more people are going to have a conviction for real long lasting change. 
Yeah. Yeah. I remember it reminds me back of the, <clears throat> there's the, um, the movie Rocky three. I don't know if you guys remember Rocky three when uh, Rocky fights Clubber Lang and Mr. T right. And, and he, yes. he says, Hey, Mr. T what's your, what's your prediction of the fight? And Mr. T says, you know, Clubber listen, my prediction pain, <laughs> pain. <laughs> and, it, and it just makes me think you know with no without pain there's no gain right that's what you learn in sports is what you learn in military that's what you learn in anything anything that's worth doing is worth doing anything that's worth doing is worth doing even if it's hard right and that's and i think you know we're in a myth some people say we're in a psyop i think we're in multiple psyops going on a psyop is a psychological operation i think there's a psychological operation going on to make americans stay asleep and there is also a psychological operation to wake us up and it has nothing to do with donald trump it has nothing to do with any particular person it has to do with awakening the force of the american people you know back in the day i, I say this often and i'm going to say this in the book i'm writing right now probably the introduction is that you know i've never preached politics from the pulpit as a pastor i always thought oh we're not supposed to do that not even supposed to talk about abortion you know because you make people feel bad and like and basically i would never talk about anything that was super relevant to what's going on in the lives of my my congregants and, and the, the, the pastors have abnegated our responsibility to talk about actually what is evil when we say we're supposed to resist evil. What evil are we talking about? And basically what's happened is, is we've gotten to a place now we're so soft and so fearful of, of causing people to feel uncomfortable that we're not willing to bring up uncomfortable subjects and say what God's heart and mind and will is about those subjects. And so therefore we have a bunch of people doing what they all want to do. And the Bible says, you know, that. They did every every man did what was right in his own eyes, and we, we have this going on right now. And we needed we needed some real opposition. We needed to see that the stakes were high enough that if we stayed silent, we would lose this country. We needed a near death experience to wake us up. And myself as a pastor, I actually kind of needed. Um, the state of California telling me that me and my family all have to take an experimental injection to have our job. And to, to, we almost needed that. We needed tyranny to really show its head and no longer be hidden under the silence or hidden in a couple layers where you can't see it. We actually needed Satan to show his plan for us to go, whoa, there's a real Satan. And there's people in our government that are partnering with them to do evil. And so for me, I look at like when, you know, when the, 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 the ruling came down that they were demanding, mandating that everybody get vaccinated for an experimental drug, and my wife was going to lose her job. That was Pearl Harbor to me. Like, I wasn't in the war. I wasn't in the fight. My pulpit wasn't being used for freedom issues until they dropped bombs on my own shore, on my own people, and it hurt to see ships being sunk and my own people possibly losing their lives and their livelihood. That's what it took to wake America people and Americans up to seeing that there is a global conspiracy. And I don't mind using that term. There is a global conspiracy. JFK used that term. They, they killed him for it, but he let, he paid for it with his life. But we need to recognize there are, there is a group of people that want to create a one world government and they want us to just be silent and let them do it. And it, it not on my watch. That's finally, I can't, it's finally said, you know what, even if it, you know, whatever it takes, I'm going to stand up and start speaking out. And you know, you know what happened? 
my elder board and a bunch of people, they all said, we believe what you're saying is right. We just needed somebody to say the emperor has no clothes. And so I'm going to be with the guy, the kid that goes, this is bad and the emperor's naked. And that's what I'm doing. And that's what we're doing here on mm -hmm. Wake the Bear. And if more people stand up and speak up and regardless and fearless, courage begets courage. And the more courage we show, the more people that will stand with us courageously. And we're going to see this tide turn and this, this stuff shift. That's right. Yeah. And people are, are, are viewing things differently. I mean, we, you know, they had that shakeup. You, you mentioned the, the vaccine and stuff. You know, we, we started the year off with the Monday night football, right? Huge yeah. audience wow. saw, saw that uh, where the player went down. What was his name? D D oh, I'm blanking out on his name. Uh, yeah, but the whole world saw the play, at least, or the replay, yes. or the re-replay. Yeah, and just two days later, then Demar. there was Demar. Demar, that's it. Yes, uh, sorry, uh, Demar. Uh, but yeah, so we saw that. And then just two days later, ESPN is showing a college basketball game. And one of the players falls down and starts holding his heart and had a cardiac arrest there. And then uh, just a couple of days later, you see a news anchor out there with her microphone talking. And all of a sudden she starts getting dizzy. And then she said, I don't feel good. And boom, she just falls over. And people are saying, this is happening an awful lot now. I mean, it's happening everywhere. Yeah. So people are looking for it now too. I think, you know, that starts uh, the ball rolling. You know, it's like when you buy a new car, right? Oh, I got this new car and it's a certain brand. And then all of a sudden you notice everybody else has got that. Oh yeah, there's another one. I never, I never knew so many yeah. people had it. And I think that's what's happening even with this vaccine thing, you know? So things yeah. are changing. God is in control. And I'm not saying he's causing any of this. We did it to ourselves, yeah, but now it's part of an awakening. And so, yeah. Well, General Flynn talks about the fifth generation warfare, doesn't he? And that's an information war. And I just remember as a little girl, some of the indoctrination started with a, a McDonald's commercial. The little um, ditty that was played was, you deserve a break today. Was that yeah. Burger King? But but it began to be that the American dream wasn't that we were um, making this nation really significant, that we were people of uh, ethical values and that we were teaching uh, things to our children about um, what is right and what is wrong. It began to be the American dream began to be a suburban home with two point four kids and a dog. Uh, and where you own your own home and you can do what you want, you can vacation where you want, you can eat where you want. And it became a very um, self-centered shift in, from the 60s and the 70s and the 80s. And I mean, there were some um, a, a very intentional shifts about what makes someone um, a, uh, a character, a person of great character. And so uh, this information war that we're, we're seeing is to reverse decades of this mind control, uh, mind uh, indoctrination of what really is important in life. And we as Americans, and I th think also, I mean, we see it in Brazil, we see it in other places as people are pushing back that what is really important to us, we're rethinking. Mm -hmm. absolutely Good. yeah I, I think the point you made too is that you know all the you know you guys are making about all the people that are dropping dead or dropping on the sports field and i don't know if 
we have time. We probably don't have time to go back and look, but I remember on this radio show saying all it's going to take is somebody on a Monday night football game falling down, dying before people start to finally wake up. And I think that that's, that is the case. I think that's the beginning. And I'll tell you what, seeing uh, 22 fo- football players, some these thoroughbreds, the men in their strongest part of life, getting on their knees and saying, God, we need your help for one of our players. That is a sign. Whew, getting choked up thinking about it. That's a sign on a national news level. People saw these guys who have everything. They, they get paid millions of dollars to play the game they love. They're in the perfect health and they're crying out to God on their knees. That's That right there is the beginning of a revival. And I actually believe that's what we're going to see happen. Yeah. You can't tell people you have to show. And it's a pain. Like you said, it's a painful process. Um, I know we probably should be wrapping it up. I just, I want to just say um, one more shout out for the the new House, uh, our Congress. Do you know what their very first bill that they passed was? What was it? It was a, a vote to get rid of 87,000 IRS agents. Oh. So celebrating yes. that there is a, a new sheriff in town and that the marshals are marshalling and they're going to do, they're going to do a good job that's no it. more no yeah. more taxation yeah. without yeah. representation you know yes absolutely and that's a kind good hand on it so it's a definitely a positive win and uh we just thank you for all uh joining us and yeah look forward to hearing from you or seeing you uh, next week right. yeah thanks for thanks for being on wake the bear god bless you bye now bye-bye This has been Wake the Bear Radio on KSCO, 1080 on your AM dial.